you've arrived at Earth 919. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earth 919, a comic book podcast for comic book news and number one reviews. I'm your host, Matt. With me as always is my co-host, Ian. What's up, Matt? Ready to be here. Excited to be here. Almost at 100, man. One more. Yeah, episode ninety nine. This is the penultimate episode. We're inching our way. We're inching our way there. Getting there. Some somebody's got to die this episode. Yeah. If uh, if we're to follow most television shows and movies or anything, so hopefully it's you. <laughs> Better you than me. Yeah, probably. We can always create create uh, a character too. This is just an option. Or it could just be Talon. Uh, there you go. He's already been killed. <laughs> we I think we have axed him uh, a couple times. Uh, so Ian, shout-outs? before we get into some news, let's get into shoutouts. Sweet. Sorry. Uh, all right. So I only have one shoutout this week, and Not sorry, it is to the comics, the Gathering, which is spelled C O M I K S, the Gathering. Uh, that is a comic book shop in Tacoma, Washington. That is where our comic books box is located. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were celebrating the Walking Dead Day. And they had like an exclusive reprint of the number one issue with their shop on the variant issue. And that was pretty cool. A lot of people came out. A lot of people supported the shop. So thank you for anybody who stopped by. That was really cool. And they're having another event coming up October 27th, which is the Halloween Comic Fest. So make sure you head on down there on the 27th. And if you're interested in the shop or any other events they have going on during their year, you can follow the shop on Instagram and Twitter at Comics the Gathering, or you can hit them up on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash comics the gathering. Remember, come for the comics, stay for the games. That's all I got for this week, Matt. You ready to do some news? Oh, and our Venom giveaway ends October 31st, so make sure you enter into that. That's all I got, Matt. Let's move on. Don't worry, we'll have one in two years when Venom 2 comes out and makes $400 million. <laughs> when we're hosting the panel? Is that is that our other, <laughs> yeah, is that the other goal that yeah, we that have? Was- Oh, that was the main goal, I think, that we said we'd be doing it in, like, 2020. Right, right, right. So, Tom, how have you destroyed your voice over the years? Can you even talk like a normal human being anymore? He's like, we can. That's going to be my main question. We can. He's like, I can't really talk like anything else. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Ian, speaking of uh, people who are in their voices in Batman movies, uh, Ruby Rose has been revealed as the Batwoman in the CW a verse, the Arrowverse, as they like to call it. Have you? Uh, do you see the photos? I've seen the photos. They they look really comic book accurate, which is nice. Yeah, costume looks great. Yeah, it does, and they, it'd be it'd be a travesty if it looked bad. We've seen some really bad ones recently. Um, I don't know. I didn't really like the Teen Titan comp like costumes that they had. They're not really oh. that good. But anyway, um, what do you think? Sorry, I think I'm in the minority there. Yeah, I just wasn't a big fan. They're pretty popular. I, I mean, I really could care less. I'm never going to watch the show. But the, uh, uh, yeah, but the, the, it looks great. It looks very comic accurate, as you said. And uh, so she's going to appear in the upcoming crossover, which airs this winter, I believe. They're, they they do it just before the, uh, the mid-winter break, right around Christmas. But she will be appearing in the Elseworlds crossover. Um, so now, I, Ian, have you, do you watch any of those shows anymore? No, but I just had a fantastic idea about those shows. But I'll wait for you to finish. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh no, I was just gonna say I've actually recently been thinking about getting into Supergirl just because okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. And maybe dipping back into Flash. I'm done on Arrow. I I just can't I can't do it anymore. Oh, but okay. The this is supposed to be a backdoor pilot if she's well received uh, as Kendra Cassandra Kane then she will uh, probably spin off into her own Batwoman show, which would be kind of cool. And we're supposed to get to see Gotham, and we're going to get access to a lot of those Gotham villains um, because we can never get enough Gotham, as we will talk about in a little bit here. Uh, but what were you What were you thinking, Ian? I was thinking was idea? we should invent a game where the punishment of the game, when one of us fail is we have to watch one of these shows. Like, that's the punishment. That's, like, the losing part. Because I was like, that'd be a good way to kind of force each other to, to watch it. But um, now you're telling me you want to watch it, so, I mean, it throws off the idea completely. But I... Well, your punishment could be to watch the worst season of Arrow of all time, which made me never want to watch the show again. Season, which is season two? Three. Season three? Season three. three. Hmm. No, season two is really good. Hmm. I've never seen it. Season... Yes, season season one's fine. Season two's really good, and then season three was they introduced Ra's al Ghul, and it was just a slog. Well, I think we should create some sort of game where we we combined all these TV shows that we don't like. What's the other one that we Runaways? Was that the one that was on Hulu? We could add oh, that. We could add that one to the list as on the punishment. Cloak and Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gotham. Well, I'll, well, and that I'll put the idea away in my idea bag, and we'll we'll figure it out later. But uh, for now, well, I'm just putting that one away. Well, I'm gonna give you uh, one more for the bag before you go up. So, Ian, there is a Pennyworth series. Oh gosh, yeah, man, being uh, developed right now on Epics, which is a I think it's a WB premium channel. You know, because why wouldn't you expect people to want to watch a TV show about Alfred Pennyworth uh, on a premium pay channel? Yeah, that's going to work out real well for you. Uh, but they've cast their Bruno Heller as the titular uh, Alfred Pennyworth and Paloma Faith as Bet Sykes, who will be the villain. Now, this is supposedly going to take place around the time that Alfred was an SAS agent before he... Uh, right as he started working for Thomas Wayne, who has yet to, I believe, even be married. Uh, ten episodes. Add that to your list because that will be my pick for punishment. If we're if we're picking bad comic book TV shows, man, I'm reading through you. You tasked me to do some research on on this this TV show coming out, so I'm doing my research. I'm looking it up. I'd never even heard that this was coming out. Oh my. Gosh, and I'm sitting here as I'm doing my research, hoping, please, Matt, I just don't come into it thinking that you like it. Just, just, I don't want to hear. Oh, I think it has some potential. Oh, I think it could be no. all right. Okay, no, no, no. This is the. I'm glad. I'm glad you're saying all these things because it sounds terrible. The idea sounds horrible. Who wants to see this? Who wants to see Alfred? I mean, gosh, it, you might as well have, um, you know, a TV show centered around Superman's mom. I, I mean, I just, I just don't understand. Well, they, do, they did do it with his dad, Krypton. Yeah, that, or his great grandfather. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I just, how, how far down this rabbit hole are we going to go with these TV shows? I don't know. You know. I don't know, Ian. This is, this is the thing. This is the double-edged sword of the time we live in now, and I think we're now getting to, uh, unfortunately, a, a saturation point where, you know, you get some really great movies. You get movies like Infinity War or, you know, Suicide Squad. 
and then you get real garbage that's going to be hitting the fan like Venom or this stuff. And I was being facetious about Suicide Squad, but we are going to talk about that shortly. That, uh, and yeah, this is like dredging the swamp. It's yeah. just, it's the, it, it would be like centering a TV show around Jim Gordon. Oh, wait, they've done that. It would be like centering a TV show around, uh, Mega Man, Mega it's Man's just, dog. Mega Man's dog. Actually, they are they are working on a Mega Man TV show or a video yeah. video game or TV show. Is it centered around his dog? No. Oh, okay. Thank God. Well, just wait. But uh, yeah, I did. This is just the, the the absolute. I I hope hopefully someone gets fired over this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I normally don't want people to get fired. Matt's calling for your want, job now. Uh, but I. <laughs> If you could have a job to make decisions like this, and this is the decision you make, you deserve to not have a job. <laughs> you should not be doing this. Um, but let's move on, Ian. So James Gunn, speaking of Suicide Squad, has been brought in. He has been hired as the writer officially for Suicide Squad 2. And he is rumored to be in talks uh, for possibly directing the movie as well. How exciting is this this is somewhat exciting we all know that they are doing what they can to try and do you know get on that level that marvel's on they'll do whatever they can to even get a get a, a movie that rivals thor one you know or captain america mm-hmm. one but let's be real i i just I mean, this is cute. Well, Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman did. Well, here's what but... here's my thing, man. They're they're doing this thing right now, which I think is smart. And I've I brought this up just slightly a couple weeks ago. They're doing this thing where they're like, "Look over here, look over here, look what's happening over here." Like snapping their fingers in one direction, and in the other direction, we don't know what's going on with Batman. We don't know what's going on with Superman. Oh, but Suicide oh, Squad's getting too. figured out, you know. And I, I just I don't get that, you know. They're they're we've seen this move from them before. And they're doing it with Aquaman. Suicide Squad's another example of that. And we'll see, man. I, I, I don't... This doesn't excite me for the DCEU, though, at all. Because I don't think Suicide Squad can carry that franchise. So, um, But it, it makes no, me more excited to go no. see the movie. <laughs> yeah. forward to that. And, and go ahead, sorry, I mean, man. there's rumors rumors that came out that, you know, they're, they're thinking of moving on from Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. And I think they absolutely do need to move on from Ben Affleck. I think that's more than a, more than time to move on from somebody who clearly doesn't want the role or doesn't know whether he want does or doesn't want the role. But, you know, Henry Cavill was actually pretty good, um, in his last outing. So I, I just hope that they, if just, just make, pick a path and go with it and just own it. And they just, they seem to be kind of, getting distracted by every butterfly that flies past. And I mean, I think this is a good turn and I think giving Patty Jenkins full control over wonder woman two or 1984, that is a good, that's move. a good, that's a good idea. A good giving move. James Wan as unsure of Aquaman as I am. If they gave James Wan the ability to just do what he wants to do, James Wan is a good director. He is a smart director and I'm sure he can get a good movie out of it. Um, just stop trying to force a universe. Just stop. And did, I, this, I didn't put this in the news because it's not really news, but it, and it came up a couple weeks ago. Did you hear the? Did you read or have you read anything that potentially 
the uh, the 1970s Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix is uh, some people think it's a origin story for the Heath Ledger Joker. I haven't read anything about that actually. No, I, I haven't I seen anything online. That would online. be so amazing. I think so. That would huh? be such a great twist. Yeah, because it would show like he kind of loses his mind, and then he becomes the guy that we see. I don't know. I think that would be cool. But anyways, let's let's move on. Uh, Ian, your favorite comic book is ending. Mm, I know. And I will I let know. you take the reins here because I am not caught up on this book, but I will let you expound Outcast is ending uh, as announced at issue 48. So I don't personally, I'm not going to say anything spoiler e about the book, but I don't understand. I don't want to say why, because I'm not complaining. I just don't see how they're going to wrap up the story. In Going through the five stages of denial. Nine issues. Or acceptance. No, no, no. I mean, it's just, it was 11 issues because they were on 37. So it's 11 issues. Yeah. I just, man, I, I, I don't see it ending so soon because there's a lot of storyline they're going to need to wrap up they got to a point when they took the hiatus where i felt like shit was just about to start and it was like oh here we go and as soon excuse me as soon as shit is about to start that's tough to say fast (laughs) things are ending and i just i don't understand i feel like i'm in middle school and I dance with this girl and then she just left. Like, what's going on? Like, I mean, I just like you're inserting some personal problems. (laughs) Robert Kirkman is hurting me like a middle school girlfriend and I don't like it. No, um, no, in all seriousness, what's our chances of ever getting Robert Kirkman on this show? (laughs) I have no idea. Probably zero, but here's the thing, man. I, I I just the reason I'm upset is I like Invincible and I jumped off Invincible and I went to Outcast and I really enjoyed Outcast and I'm reading Oblivion Song right now and I'm still reading it but it's not quite on the same level as the other two and that's disappointing to me so um I may have to kind of reassess what I'm reading here you know in the near future but yeah I'm disappointed but I'm going to see it all the way through and I'll keep you updated as the uh, as the issues go on in my uh what i'm into so we'll we'll stay updated on that okay well that's that's too bad yeah they canceled the uh did you ever see the cinemax show i never have actually i heard it wasn't very good i uh, i think i watched like maybe one episode of it it just wasn't for me i i don't think that there was anything that stood out as glaringly bad it just was very slow but they they did two seasons of it and they canceled it so i guess maybe that might have had something to do with it as well I just don't understand how because <laughs> the Walking no, well, it, the Walking Dead is still going. Well, no, no, no. Like Outcast, like by the time that that show would have come out, they would have only been around like twenty issues. So I just don't know how you're making two TV seasons off of twenty comic book issues. Like that seems like kind of a stretch. So, uh, yeah, it mm. doesn't sound interesting. But anyway, we can move on. Yeah, well, let's talk about some other things that are ending. Uh, Iron Fist has been canceled yeah. Luke Cage has been canceled yep. they are uh, I actually put the note they're not going to Netflix I meant they're not going to Disney streaming service is what we've been told they are that they're not being canceled to be brought over there they are canceled uh, but everybody seems bizarrely coy so I I don't know you let me know what you think Ian but I think that they're canceling both their shows because they're going to come together as a heroes for hire on the Disney play app so, friend of the show, Talon, sent me a link 
regarding this story. And in the article, basically the Netflix executives have the power to... They're the only ones that have the power to remove any Marvel Netflix show. So Disney can't pull any show. It's only Netflix that has the power to do that. So initially I thought, like you just said, that this was getting axed to go to the Disney streaming service. But now I'm just curious because they've already done the Defenders... Iron Fist and Luke Cage are well-established characters in this universe. What the hell are they going to do with them? Are they going to keep the actors, or are they just going to be continuing on Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and they're just like, oh, yeah, well, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, they died. I, I just, I don't understand how you, if there's certain issues, like plaguing Hell's Kitchen or, you know, New York City, how they're not calling the other, you well, know, for help. So, I, I so don't know. the... The story is that there were creative differences and that it was so, it became so volatile in the writer's room that they just eventually were like, you know what, we're call- we're canceling it. And I think that's probably the best thing that could have happened for Disney, as you said, if if it's really true that Netflix is the only, pe- I mean, I'm, I have to imagine that Dis- Net- Marvel has some say in that. But now my thought is they're probably going to take these two characters that are so iconic together and to put them on a single show together, um, Heroes for Hire, you know, which was the, I mean, that's where they're known from. That is probably their biggest uh, selling point was the two of them on there because it was like, oh, it's Heroes for Hire. Yeah, great. So I could see Netflix or Marvel just putting them on their streaming service saying, here you go, Heroes for Hire TV show, Here's a question. two of the favorite stars. Here's a question. Do you think if they do that, do you think they keep the same actors or do you think they recast yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think they keep them. I don't think I don't see why they would go through the hassle of recasting. Yeah. They well, and because Netflix set them up, there's nothing tying them. They're they're Marvel's characters. Disney Marvel didn't sell the rights to Netflix or anything like they did with like Spider Man, so they can make their own. They're their characters, so they could. I mean, I would assume that if the show is canceled, their contracts are canceled. Disney signs a new contract with them. As long as they're happy with it, they come on board, and now you've got a new TV show on the Disney or the Marvel or Disney Play app or whatever the hell it's called. I just, I've seen a lot of backlash recently on the internet towards the actors and people saying their portrayals weren't exactly comic book accurate, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know. I don't want to hear that, man, because it's like, you know, they, they did a really good job. I enjoyed what I saw of the Defenders, and even the first season of Iron Fist, I enjoyed it. And, it, yeah, Danny Rand was a little whiny and a little bit like, oh, I was in a plane crash. This is so hard in my life. But it's I still enjoyed the character, and at the end of the season, I was still like, yeah, I'm glad I watched it. So I think they should keep them. I think they're worth keeping, and yeah, I'd watch Heroes for Hire. So it'll be cool to see what Disney does, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't think either of those characters were portrayed badly by the actors. I think they yeah. were written badly. Yeah. I think they were definitely. written very badly, It's especially Danny Rand. Uh, but I think that they were fine on their own. And I have yet to watch season two of either of those shows I, or Jessica Jones. I'm currently watching Daredevil season three, but I, am, I, I just never got back into them. So anyways, uh, speaking of signing on, coming back. Ryan Coogler is coming back. He's going to write and direct Black Panther 2. Is this surprising to anybody? Nope. No one. No. I keep him on for three, let him do the trilogy, and, uh, you know, make everybody happy. He made a great movie. The, not necessarily according to me. I thought it was fine. But 
you know, a very beloved movie, highest grossing Marvel movie of all time. Yeah, I, li- I like Black Panther. I, like I you know, I've rewatched it, and you know, I've as I've said, I soften on a lot of these movies as I you know through the multiple viewings, and uh, I'm my opinion hasn't changed on this one, mm-hmm. and it's just I I don't know if it's just me just being like it's not. I just don't think it's as great as what everybody thinks. I think it's fine. It's got good parts, but honestly, I, 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 I think I think a lot of people really enjoy it. I think it's a little slow, but I still enjoy the movie and I still really liked it. The second time I like I watched it, I remember walking out a lot happier than the first time. The first time I was very off put and not not off put, just kind of like. I, I just, there weren't enough white people in this movie. There was the CGI. That's what you kept saying. The to me. CGI was bad. Um, you know, I I just I, I was pissed about Killmonger and and the CGI was. Re- you're right. The CGI was not good. Yeah. In the especially at the end. Yeah, it really wasn't. And even but the, the suit. The second the watch, suit. it didn't. It doesn't hold up either. But I don't know. I just I wish they had made Killmonger like if he had gotten his own Black Panther suit. If it had looked a little more, um, like, if it had been, like, the the head of, like, a jaguar or something. I don't know. That would have been cooler. But it just, it looked exactly like him, so. Yeah, I just, I, and we're going to talk about this again in a second. But I hate the Marvel first movie trope, which is the bad guy is the good guy, except he's di- got different colors. Can I ask you a question real quick about this movie, though? What do you sure. think that they're going to do in terms of the second movie? Well, I mean... So hypothetically, we assume that Black Panther's going to come back because I mean, no shit, like obviously. So, oh my god, do you think what they, if they introduce Storm? Oh, that would be they got awesome. married. That'd be I awesome. I love that. That but would I, be awesome. I don't, I don't know enough about like Black Panther's history. Like, I'm not like him and Doctor Strange and like Ant Man. I'm not very well versed in them. Like, mm. I kind of take them as they bring them in the movies. But the, I mean. A lot of my co- comic or a lot of my knowledge of like characters, rogues galleries come from like the X Men cartoon or the Iron Man cartoon or the like. So I, I don't know much about his character. Hmm. Oh, something to do with the Fantastic Four would be awesome. A backdoor movie pilot for the for the Fantastic Four. Hmm. I want to see them build upon Mumbaku more. I thought he was a cool character. I thought they gave him a good kind of interesting. Role, I guess you would they say. They gave him a Black good arc. One. Yeah, like he had a I good mean, arc. Yeah, he he did, and I want to see more of him in the second one. I wish they had shown more of him in the first one, but you know, it is what it is. So maybe the second one will set him up more. Maybe they team up I, again. I don't know, but it'll be cool oh, to maybe see. They'll, maybe he'll be fighting Claw. Oh shoot, they killed him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't understand that. Why would you kill him off? Well, I mean, didn't uh, didn't we read a rumor that uh? Wasn't Donald Glover supposed to be in this movie? Like, wasn't he rumored to be in this movie? The the Prowler? Uh, I don't... Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, Maybe in number two? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I so. Didn't rem- well, we, might have to, playing, we might have to do some more research playing, on this. I was going to say he's playing Miles Davis. That's not who he's playing. He's playing... Um, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, Aaron Davis, right? Yes. Aaron, it's Aaron Davis? I think no. his name is Aaron Davis, yeah. <laughs> if he's in his pants. Um... Anyways, let's let's move on. Um, this is the mo- the news I'm the most excited for. Ian, Loxius Crown will be the villain for Morbius. Woo! So, a living vampire just like Morbius. So, like Iron Man one, 
Black Panther 1, Thor 1, she will be the same exact as the main character, except she'll be wearing different colors. Why are they making this movie? And I'm not excited about this, if you can't tell from my tone. I hate this movie. I hate the fact that this movie is going to exist. Why? Mm. Why is the question indeed, Matt? Is Talon... Do we know what Talon does most days? Because I have a feeling that he somehow has the ability to green light movies over at Sony. He probably is like running then some this secret. He's sense. running some secret society there with all the writers, and they just funnel in him money. And he just is like, "You need to greenlight these ideas. These will be okay movies. You'll at least make money on them." And they're like, "Okay, that's all we want." They're like making a deal with the devil, you know? <laughs> there is a bloodletting ceremony. Yeah, I just I don't. Uh, I, I'm I'm so against this movie, and I normally am not against against movies i'm against this movie existing i i just here's here's my thing they they did the exact same thing for venom and i know that you mentioned you hadn't seen it but in venom riot the character that venom fights literally has the exact same power set as venom it's the exact same thing so the only difference is i was reading that upon doing more research that the character of Crown, who's, like you mentioned, the villain of Morbius, is supposed to be in the movie like a friend of Morbius, and they both mm-hmm. get infected with this disease thing. And so that's a little different from Venom, where Brock and Drake weren't friends at all. So that's a little mm-hmm. different. But even still, I, I mean, it's just, it's the same trope. You know, it's the same trope. They do the same things. They haven't made a good movie since 2002, Matt. And I'm starting to get pissed off, okay? Because it's like, what the fuck are they doing? Here's a bad movie. Here's a bad movie. Here's a bad movie. Here's Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm more... This animated Spider-Man movie in December better be good. Because I'm going to... Oh, my God. I'm going to be pissed if they mess up Miles Morales, man. You know what's funny? Uh, See, Sony Animation is actually a whole different wing. And they're actually really good. Because they do the Hotel Transylvania movies. Good enough. So I have confidence in the Sony animation. But um, last bit of news here, Ian, and this is one that I'm truly excited for. God Country by Donny Cates is being optioned by Legendary Films. Uh, you'll know them from the Nolan Batman movies, Jurassic Park, uh, Pacific Rim. Though you know, they, I'm I'm so excited. If you haven't read God Country the Image comic, it is so good. Haven't read it. Oh, it's so worth it. And it's short. Like, it's really short. It's, hmm. I think it's like six issues. Oh, that is and short. It, yeah, and it just picks up and runs. And it's, ah, oh, I love it. It was such a great book. And uh, and the the exciting thing is, it could be one movie and it's done. And then they don't have to do anything else. You don't have to make it a trilogy. They probably will try. But oh, you don't won't. have to make it. Or like I would love it as like a TV series, like a one or maybe two season. Nah, just no, because then they'll stretch. I, no matter what, they're going to try and stretch it out. Just make one movie and be done with it. I think it's great because Donny Cates is supposed to be the writer for this movie as well. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he wrote the book, but he's doing the movie. So that's good. Usually when studios bring in the actual creator of a project, it's usually a lot better than if they're like, oh, we know you created this, but uh, why don't you sit this one out? So I'm really glad to see that they're doing that. Um, I've never read it, but I mean, Donny Cates is a nice dude. Nice when I met him at Comic-Con. So 
I'm gonna have to check this book out. I've heard you I have heard really of it before, should. and it looks it. I, you're not the first person that's mentioned this book to me, actually. So, um, I mean, the fact that it's getting option for a movie is pretty cool. And I mean, Legendary Films they've they've had some some cool movies lately. So, nothing too amazing, but you know, enough. Yeah. All right. Well, that about does it for the news. So let's move into some comic books. Mm. We've got two this week. We've got, uh, let's start off here with our first one, and that is Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number zero. I I think I swore off zero issues recently, and I- You did. I was tricked into that because I, it, on the, on the, on uh, the comics list, it said, oh, it's a number one. So I was like, oh, cool. Nope. It was a zero. Yeah. But you supposedly this is- this is it. It says it's full, so I don't think there's there. Maybe it's an ongoing series, but uh, we can talk about that in a second. So, uh, this is done by IDW Publishing, right? Written by Matt K. Manning, art by Chad Thomas, letters by Krista Meisner, and synopsis is: A new age of mutant madness begins with the rise of the teenage of the mutant ninja turtles. This special zero issue is your first look at the, that stuff and adventures and master new world and stuff i yeah that's it so anyways here we go ian why don't you give us your thoughts because i have a feeling that you you hated this one so i'm not there's a lot of there's caught... a lot of all cap tweets or messages no from ian no uh i'm not caught up on the comics for teenage Mutant ninja turtles so the fact that when i'm starting the story they have mystical weapons uh it threw me off a little bit. My last real interaction, I guess you would say intimate interaction with the Ninja Turtles, is probably the 1999 TMNT 2 film, The Secret of the Ooze. Hmm. So, uh, and and I don't mean the first watch, that probably the 1,000th uh, rewatch of that movie, maybe three years ago when I watched it. So, I have not really been around I haven't even seen any of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, so this was a little different for me. Um, I didn't know who the the girl was in the story, and then they called her April, and I was like, okay, April O'Neil is African-American in this comic. Like, okay, they must have changed that. So there were just a couple things that was a little different for me, and it didn't take anything away from the story. It just it took me a minute to kind of be like, okay, this is... They have mystical weapons. Okay, I can accept this. Okay, let's, like, let's just keep... You know, uh, so that was tough, but... I don't know. It just it had weird flow to it. The the story set up weird. The boy's walking following a GPS, then he trips and then it goes in the sewer and then it's the Ninja Turtles. So I thought that was weird. But Matt, what you I don't know. I, I Yeah, that was a, that was a little bizarre cuz that was like uh so like you know did what I think it was weird. It was weird, right? No, Chekhov's gun. Do you know what that you know what that is, Ian? I'm no. sure a lot of people do. No. So Chekhov's gun is basically you show something in the first act, you better pay it off in the third act. And it, uh, that that totally reeked of Chekhov's gun the kid at the very beginning and then it never came back which was very bizarre I thought it was um, weird too but the I, I want to talk about the positives first here I love the art thought it was great worked really oh. well oh. Um, you don't like it uh, you know honestly um, I it it was okay it, I haven't seen the new TV show that's out for it and it I saw like a commercial for it maybe a couple of weeks back so it kind of looked like it was a similar art style to that and yeah, I don't know. I I don't really know, but I don't ever remember Raphael being bigger than the other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was kind of I was like, oh, what the hell? Oh, Why is he bigger? I, I, uh, I want to talk about that. 
Okay, go ahead. Talk about it. No, I was going to say, so I actually kind of like the fact that they did that because the Turtles, I don't know how much you know about the history of the the Turtles. So uh, when, when the Turtles were originally created, it was a black and white comic book and they were all the exact same size, all looked the same. So you couldn't tell anybody apart. So in the comic books, you, you, it was all just four black and white turtles, and the only way you knew is if they referenced their own names. In when they did the TV show in the eighties, when I was a kid, they gave them, they assigned them the colors to help kids differentiate between the turtles, and they all had their own distinct personalities as well. So Leonardo's always been the leader, Raphael's the hothead, Mikey's the goofy one, and Donatello's the genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What has recently happened in the movies is they've kind of dis, uh, distinguished them a little bit in terms of kind of their demeanor in the their size a little bit and what they wear in the movies. I thought this was kind of a good idea to just go, okay, you know what? Raph is the brute. He's the big guy. He's the guy with the short temper. Make him the big monster. That works. Like, okay, Donatello's kind of the skinny nerd, so make him a skinny nerd. Like, there's nothing that says the turtles have to look all the same. Totally cool with that. Think it works. I like that. What I don't like is that they seem to have abandoned giving them different personalities. Um, One, because Leonardo and Michelangelo are exactly the same character in this book. Like, they are indistinguishable. It seemed like and, what I what I didn't like was and they made Raph bigger and not only that but they made him seem like the leader. He which is, is the leader. He Raph, is the leader in this in this book. I, in this I, book. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they changed that along with a few other things they changed. They but yeah they made Raphael the leader which eh. it's so like there's thing like I understand mixing up a dynamic every so often but it. There's like there's a core of something that that exists why people like the book, and I'm not saying that Leonardo being the leader was the core of the reason why people like the book, right? Um, but that was a cornerstone of the book. You've taken the hothead character and made him the leader, so by default you've made everybody an idiot because they follow everybody else in the book an idiot because they're following somebody who has the characteristics of being irrational and being quick to act. He's not a level-headed leader. So you completely undercut the whole like dynamic of the team. It's and almost then, li- it's almost like it would have made sense more if it had been Donatello, right? Like that would have made no, more I, sense. I I'm I I think it's I think that it was best the way it was, and that's not cuz I I don't like change. Mm-hmm. I just that's the dynamic they created and that's the Ninja Turtles. And if you're changing it, then it's not really the Ninja Turtles. You're making something different. And it's just weird. Like, I don't understand the logic because if you're going to make somebody who is overly emotional, irrational, quick to anger, hothead, a leader, then the, your other people don't aren't very smart for following this leader. Because the whole point of Leonardo was because he was the cool, calm, collected one. And he was pragmatic. He's like a lot like Cyclops. You know, he wasn't necessarily the most well-liked character, but he was the leader. And he was kind of the voice of reason. Now you took the voice of reason and threw it out. I understand that this is a Nickelodeon IDW book and adaptation of a cartoon. I'm just saying they've really by doing that one small change they really messed up the dynamic of the show or the book 
I think that I think if they were trying to go for a change and they were trying to go for something different, I do think personally that Donatello would have been a better person to put in as like a head role because he's intelligent. People will trust that. Let's say, for example, maybe they could have made it where Leonardo's hurt or something like that. I feel like Donatello would be the next next logical person you'd want to lead you. So I don't know. That's where I think it would might have been better to have him, but. Not only that, it just the story, it was just forgettable. You know, I, I didn't think there was there was much to it. And, you know, like we just talked, you know, the dynamic of the Turtles was so different. But what? I felt like this was a really good book for kids, honestly. And the whole time I was reading it, even from the art, the art reminded me of the TV show, which reminded me that, you know, this comic book is probably for a kid. So I tried to read it with the mindset of a child and not look too far into it. I even went as far, Matt, as to go back and look at the ratings of the old Ninja Turtle movies that I liked, just to kind of mm-hmm. see how good they were. And they actually didn't really get the best reviews. So oh, no. I was like, okay, maybe even my own perception of what I know of the Turtles is warped. So I thought it was good for kids, man. And so on that level, I it was, it was all right, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the story. I just, I wish they would have given us more. And did you so you mentioned this at the top was this an issue zero is this a continuing story what do you think this is because i could not understand i I couldn't by the end of the book i didn't understand like is this going to keep going like well that was the thing too that was the thing i i this is like an issue zero so i think they're probably going to be to some extent an ongoing series this is more just to introduce you but to the premise which is you know the turtles don't use their same weapons they use mystical weapons for their karate and stuff but I just, I, I don't know. I th- I think this is, I think it could be kid-friendly. I For the most part, you know, well, yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty, it's got kid gloves on. It's not really doing anything. It's definitely pulling punches. I mean, they took away Raphael's size and gave him, you know, a police club. Like, it's just, I know there's a technical term for those things. I just don't know what they are. Um, but the one thing I just really, I, I think they're undercutting the spirit of the show. And it just, it makes me kind of sad because they make Splinter this, like, moron who's just like, you want cake? And I was reading more about the TV show, and in this TV show, he didn't teach them karate until there was a problem with this new bad guy who's not Shredder, which, whatever, I don't care. It's just, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a whole, like, as a franchise, is just, it's clearly owned by, like, I, I think that, Nickelodeon owns them or something. I don't remember who owns them like outright. It's not Kevin Eastman or Peter Laird anymore. It's somebody else. But they, it's like clearly run by a company. That's why it gets rebooted like every 10 years or less. Like every five years, you get a new TV show, a new cartoon, new movies. Like it's always getting rebooted. And it's just, it's such a mess. I don't, I just, I, I wish that they would. Uh, this made me crave um, a very serious, like a, a a more serious in tone book um, of Ninja Turtles. Like, I think that would be cool. And I don't know if that exists. And if it does, somebody please point me to it because I would love to check that out. I would love like a serious Ninja Turtles book. I know as like a 30-something-year-old <laughs> adult saying I want a serious Ninja Turtles thing sounds stupid, but I it made me realize the cool potential of what kind of stories they could tell um, with a different tone. I guess I got some bad news for you, Matt. I don't think you're going to get a serious Ninja Turtle. 
book. Nickelodeon in 2009 bought the rights from the Mirage Group, uh, Mirage, for 60, yeah. Mirage Group for sixty million dollars for all merchandising, movie shows, oh, and boy. all uh, leasing rights in publication. So Nickelodeon owns this franchise, and I highly doubt Nickelodeon's going to go down the pipeline of having a nope. serious book. But that's too bad. I'll just write yeah. my own fan fiction. There you go. Uh, let's move on to our last book, and that is Garfield TV or not TV. Number one, published by Boom Studios. This was written, there's two stories. So we have, the first story is The Fall Season, and it was written by Mike Evanier, art by David Alvarez, and colors by Lisa Moore, letters by Jim Campbell, synopsis, Garfield and and the gang head out to audition for a new reality show. That's it. (laughs) Uh, You started off this last one, Ian, so I will start off this one. Uh, and let's just break up the two stories. I mean, we could just talk about them briefly. So that's fine. I just because I said there's two stories, I'll give the credits for that one in a sec. Um, you know, out of the two stories, this was the lesser one. I I like this one less. Um, I I thought that the uh, comedy of tears or com is it the comedy of tears? Looks like words got deleted out of my notes here. I think it's comedy of tears. Uh, was much more interesting. Or fun i guess um this is a pretty vapid barely plotted story um uh overall the art looked fine it it matched the garfield i I imagine it's kind of a lot like hellboy there's an art style and there's people who can mimic it and that is the direction they're given uh or even like tintin or something you know they've got a definitive style and everybody has to match that so i thought it looked great but the story was very, like, I just didn't even really care for what was going on. Uh, Garfield is supposedly a, uh, they're on a reality TV show, and they're, that's really the, and, and they go on the TV show for 10 seconds, then Garfield gets mad because the guy won't let him leave, and he records the guy saying some bad things. Uh, I, not really a lot going on there, and I thought it was kind of, they should have expanded on the second story, which we could talk about in a second, uh, and made that the full issue than two combined books. But, uh, Ian, what do you think of the first one? Okay, Matt. Wow. Um, it's disappointing. Me I or the, Me or the book? The book. The okay. book. Definitely the book. Uh, you may not remember this, Matt, but uh, growing up as a kid, I was a diehard Garfield fan. Had almost every volume of the comic strip like trade books yeah oh yeah wow okay i did not know that oh yeah uh so i am this is like right up my alley and this book was so 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 disappointing and i realized that jim davis who created garfield who writes and draws garfield he's been doing it for years so it's i didn't expect this to live up to that standard at all and he's still doing it which is crazy in and of itself but I digress. I at least wanted this story to somewhat mimic his style, feel a little bit like Garfield, just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny bit. Man, not even close. The dialogue was terrible. The characters, I mean, it's just the most blandest thing, and they're just, they're not talking to each other, they're more so just making statements at each other, and I'm like, what are we doing here? Um, It it just, it was really 
you're not getting anything out of it. You mentioned, I mean, you just said the story in like five seconds, man. I, I think that in and of itself points out how lacking this first initial story was. And I get this book's for kids or whatever, but I love the original Garfield comic and this was nothing like it. The art was horrid, horrid. There's a scene where he's walking down the streets in California. Matt, go look at that panel again. It looks terrible. It doesn't look like anything at all. It's just garbage. The background is terrible. Half the backgrounds, they're not like he's supposed to be in a TV studio and it's just a plain green background. There's nothing, there's nothing, not a chair, not a studio light, nothing. Jim Davis would have added things like that in. He was really good at that kind of stuff. And it was really disappointing, man. Even some of the panels, like Garfield is doing the exact same thing for like 10 panels straight. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, are we, God, it was really, really, really disappointing. So I just, I, I wanted more. I really wanted to like this book, Matt. And it's funny because we picked Ninja Turtles and Garfield. So I figured you were going for the theme of my childhood here. And, uh, yeah, that's kind one, of what I, that's kind of what I figured. This uh, this one fell flat, man. This one really. Wow, there really are a fell lot flat. of just like bold colors and just characters in front of them. Wow, I didn't even I didn't pick up on that. Um, yeah, but I I didn't really enjoy this one. So let's talk about the second one. Okay. Um, that's a comedy of terrors, and that's written by Scott Nichol, art by Antonio Alfaro, and colors by Lisa Moore, and letters by Jim Campbell. And this is meanwhile a night. Turn in tur- uh, turns terrifying as a creature reaches through the television and into John's living room. Uh, so basically, John is having a Halloween party. He's getting ready. He's getting his party stuff ready. And lightning strikes the house as Garfield and Odie are looking for the Halloween candy. And a supernatural being comes through the TV a la The Ring. Uh, John just so happens to be getting an animatronic version of that uh, character uh, for his party. So I like this one a lot because it actually had a semi plot. Uh, It had a little bit more wit to it, especially in terms of, you know, Garfield and dealing with the, uh, the titular monster. I guess there's no titular monster. It's just a, the monster. But I thought that this one, I thought that this book was better, not great, but it was better because it actually had a plot. It actually made sense. Uh, And I thought it was kind of funny. They like, Oh, we don't, realize that this monster is actually the monster but then i think they kind of pull that rug out from under john a little too quickly um and it it undercut a little bit of the story so but man john is definitely shooing the animals into the other room to take liz to the bone zone (laughs) he's got his leather chaps on which prominently feature his groin and he just keeps talking about how they him and liz have to get the pre-halloween party ready what does that mean I I'm not sure. That was a little weird. Uh, I'm not not sure what John was was doing with that one. Uh, did you like Did you like this story? You like the story better though, right? I follow you on that. If one. you can call it a story, yeah. Okay. I yes. I liked it better than the first one. I just what I think is funny is Jim Davis was really good at each week. Like Garfield's like a a daily comic strip, right? But sometimes he would make his strips go for like one week worth of story would all Mm. tie together and it would, it would make sense and it would work really well. And I find it funny that these people have an entire book and they just, they don't seem to even be able to kind of grasp that same concept. This story though was a little bit better. 
the art was a lot better, which I really appreciated a lot. There was actual detail in the backgrounds in the story, which I was paying attention to. I did like. I was happy about that. It just, it was bland, though. And it's disappointing because I love Garfield, and I would really hope that kids, you know, when they're younger, could discover Garfield and realize that it is a really good comic book. And, in fact, I have, like top five favorite comic books maybe i'll do that when we're done reviewing this but or i'll do that when we go what we're into how about that but i just i don't know it just this is not what i want the public to be you know kids to be getting because they're not going to like this this is this is going to be this is going to turn them off to it and i wouldn't recommend this book for anybody i wouldn't recommend your kids read this matt this book is ugh. you know don't spend the money on it but yeah uh disappointing but uh second story was a little bit better a little bit but not much Hmm. okay yeah well uh i'm gonna say yeah it's probably not uh not the uh not as kid friendly as we one would hope but uh yeah i I think that this probably would have been better had they taken this story and stretched it out over the length of the two stories yeah i probably could have breathed more it would have been funnier i definitely think the writing was much more improved on this one um and but anyways uh, that about does it for this week. So every week we have a poll attached to the tweet on the release of this episode. We ask you, what is your pick of the week out of the books that we cover? So, Ian, what is your pick of the week this week? My pick of the week would be oh man, he? probably the probably the Ninja what Turtles. The other, what was the other book we covered? <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's 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 my pick. I mean, I'm not really. A big, I wouldn't. Not a huge fan on either of them, but if I had to go with one, it would probably be the Ninja Turtle book. What about you, Matt? See, I'm going to say Garfield, because at least Garfield doesn't piss on the grave of everything that came before it in the the DMNT Speak for yourself, Matt. Speak for yourself. Well, Pissed on my childhood, pretty much. Well, you always said you wanted that golden shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's move on to what we're into. Ian, what have you been into this week? Alrighty, so I have been into still playing Spider-Man PS4. Matt, 80% of the way done with the game. Oh, okay. So you're getting close to getting there, to getting right. it. But uh, I do have DLC, so may have to do that. But no, I, I'll probably let you borrow it first, honestly. But yeah, still playing it, still love it. It's actually really fun. I mean, actually really fun. Like, who doesn't know that? Uh, I've been reading... I've been trying to read Doomsday Clock. I've only reread the first issue. Uh, but it is, like, sitting on my counter of things to read. I've been reading more of a American Vampire. I'm on mm. Volume 3. It's really it's good. good. It's really, it's really good. good. It's really good. like it a lot. Um, and me and my fiancé have been re-watching Daredevil Season 1, actually. So that has been what I've been into. My monthly polls have been Rick and Morty, which I think comes out next week. Amazing Spider-Man, which is sitting on my counter. I haven't read it yet. I need to do that. Outcast comes back out in December. And Oblivion Song, which comes out next month. And top five children comics are Sonic the Hedgehog, Invader Zim, Calvin and Hobbes, Foxtrot, and Garfield. Matt, what have you been into recently? Uh... Pretty much just Daredevil over the past. Oh, actually, no, I got another show too. I've watched a lot of TV. Um, I know you do. Well, when my kids fall asleep, that's really you know pretty much the only thing you have energy left for. 
But the uh, Daredevil season three's out. Have you watched? You haven't watched any of it then? If you're rewatching season one, nope, nope. Don't say yeah, anything. It's good. No, that's all I'll say. It's good. I'm three episodes in, and I've heard that the uh, the the seasonal epic fight scene is coming up, which I'm excited for. So I'm looking forward to that. I hear that it tops everything that's come before it, which obviously nice. they try to do it. And I'm not spoiling. I just heard it's 11 minutes straight one shot. Nice. Like nice. actually one shot. So I'm looking forward very much so to that. Uh, but it's a really good season. Um, I like so far what's happening. Some things are moving a little too quick, but they've got 13 episodes, so I'm sure they're going to have to be able to take their time. Um, and then the other show I've been into is The uh, the Haunting at Hill House. Have you heard oh, of this okay. show, Ian? Yeah, Talon's been trying to get me to watch it, and I told Whole... him I don't like, I don't like horror oh, at all. My God. I won't watch it. No, I like horror. And I, I, I know you do. There's a lot of people I don't have hardly anybody else I know likes horror. And... My tolerance is pretty high. I mean, I usually like like to kind of know what's coming beforehand, and I can watch it still. It's fine. But this show continually, continually lulls you into, I mean, like, horror movies. And I won't wrap on too long about this. Horror movies, normally, it's like you can kind of see the move before it comes, or you kind of, there's a lot of tropes. So you know something's going to happen, and then there's going to be a calm. And then you're kind of in a safe zone. This thing like makes you think you're in a safe zone and then it's like bitch please you ain't safe and then just completely pulls a rug out from under you there's been so many times where i'm watching it and like sometimes like you know i'm at work and i'll just have like my ipad playing and i'll just have it like there or like i'll just be at home <laughs> sometimes i'll be at home and i mean i like to watch it like on the ipad and uh oh, during the day and great. it it scared the crap out of me there's so many times where i'm like no <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm only like can, four episodes in too. I'm. I get to see you watch, like sipping your morning coffee, like sitting there looking at your kids, like "Hey boys," and then you just look, watching your iPad. Then all of a sudden, you're just jolting, spitting your coffee out of your mouth. Your kids are like, "What's wrong, Dad?" You're like, "Go to bed." Just not right now, okay? Like you're oh, just all shaking from it. Oh, it's I can't terrifying. handle that, man. I can't oh. handle that. No, but see, I like that. I mean, Ugh. but it's just really well done, too. It's not just like all shocks. It's a really well-written show. It's very well acted. Uh, I really enjoy it. So Haunting in Hill House, I'm done. I now. like Freddy Krueger, man. Freddy Krueger. You ever seen the Goldbergs? I haven't. Oh, it's a good show. Uh, and it's set in the 80s. And Robert England is going to be reprising uh, his role as Eddie or Freddy Krueger. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, he Isn't actually... the show that had Roseanne Barr? No, no, no. That's the Connors, or you're thinking of Roseanne. Uh, maybe I was thinking of the Connors. That's the anyway. one that just came out. Anyways, uh, Ian, that about does it for the show. So where can people find you online? Uh, you can follow me at Ian Sasquatch on Twitter and Bigfoot's Uncle Ian on Reddit and the PlayStation Network. What about you, Matt? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Armchair Matt or on Reddit at Matt and his armchair. Uh, you can also ask Ian where to follow the show because I lost my train of thought. It's fine. You can follow the show at Earth919 Potter. 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 <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? Gosh. Okay. Let me let's 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 try that again. How about how about that? Uh, you can follow the show at Earth919 Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Earth919 Pod. Uh, you can email us. Send us any comic book suggestions. Any questions. 
You can tell us how much you are looking forward to the Morbius movie. We would love <laughs> to hear that. Love it. Talent. So send that. Just stop just, just, with the fan mail. Just novels of, of how much you love Jared Leto and just please. You can send those to earth919 comic podcast at gmail.com. And if please don't forget those, to I vote. Will, I will delete your email. <laughs> he might block you. Uh, yes. Also, don't forget, you can vote on the comic book pick of the week pinned to our Twitter profile. It will be in the comment section of the episode promoting episode 99. We have no polls for this week, unfortunately. The only poll that we have up will be which comic you liked for our comic books. And as episode 100 approaches, which is next week, or we're figuring that out, hopefully soon, we will let you know. So be on the lookout on social media. And also, our Venom giveaway ends October 31st, so... It should be pinned to the comment section of the last episode that we had. Check out the comment section. You'll find the tweet, retweet it, and follow our show, and you'll be entered to win two comics, Venom 1 and 4, signed by Donny Cates. So please go ahead and vote for those. And I think that's all I got, except for, you know, you can also find us, and you can listen to us anywhere. Did you know that, Matt? Because we're on TuneIn, Podbean, Player FM, Stitcher, the Podknife Network, Podcast Addict, Google Play, and iTunes. Any reviews on iTunes are appreciated, and they really help us grow. So please, we'd appreciate that. And if you want to throw your Morbius love in the in those, you can go right ahead and do that. Don't. Uh, our Patreon, or uh, we're working on Patreon, all right? We're getting it up, hopefully soon. That's all I got. <laughs> we're getting it up. Um, yeah. They, that Yes, you and I love rhetorical questions. Uh, so 100's coming up. Before we say goodbye, 100's coming up. Uh, we've got two guests planned, but they're also the flakiest people on the planet. Uh, so Willie and Talon are supposed to come back. We're going to do some different things. We're not going to rev- be reviewing comics that week, or maybe we might, but there'll be a different type. It, it won't be a normal show. Um, but just a heads up, Willie and Talon are supposed to be there. Um, but again, they are the flakiest people on the planet. So, And they're listening, so they know. They, they know. They, they know. They... they know. No. And uh, with that said, look forward to talking to you into your ears next week. Have a great week. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>